Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Hammer and Rails podcast. I am your host, Andrew Ledman. And I'm Casey Bartley. And this episode, we're going to delve into two topics. We're going to discuss what we have expectation-wise for the Purdue exhibition that is Thursday. So hopefully you're listening to this on Thursday and you have not seen the game yet. Um, Obviously, we're going to be talking about what we hope to see. And uh, obviously, we're going to finish this episode talking about the Purdue versus Michigan State game coming up on Saturday at 3.30 on ABC. Uh, But before we get started, Casey, I have a two-prong question for you you know i love them so this is non-sports related but it is uh related to the most recent holiday we had halloween uh what is what are the two best halloween candies and i'm going to give you a chocolate and a non-chocolate uh category huh so everyone just says reese's right yes i i don't think that's my choice that is already you're wrong i i get that but it just i don't know it's a little too indulgent for me Oh, and it's man. not like any time when I eat it that I'm like, oh. It's the specialty pumpkin, you know, uh, pumpkin-shaped Reese's. They're just so much better than the regular ones. I honestly don't think I've ever had one. Oh, see, you need to go to your nearest your nearest drugstore or convenience store or uh, grocery store and find them where they're like, you know, 60% off now because they're shaped like pumpkins <laughs> and they can't sell them. Uh, but, you will just eat 20 of them in one sitting. That's just what I need them. But I, I think, honestly, out of the little ones, I, I think I was always the most satisfied by the little tiny twig. Okay, good choice. What about a what about a uh, a non-chocolate? I'm not a big Dots. Yeah, they, they're they just too chewy. Twizzler has become less Twi- and no, less. No, Twizzler's terrible. Um, Twizzler pull and peel, much better than regular Twizzler. You like the super fake cherry flavor? Uh, I mean, I just like the consistency of the pull and peel better than the the hard break your teeth Twizzler. Yeah, but if you don't have to pull it off like a three dollar shake, is it candy? <laughs> That's a good question. Now I'm trying to. So so peanut butters don't count. I mean, like, if like does just... Reese's Pieces count? 
Because there is some chocolate. Yeah, there. there's chocolate there. Because yeah. honestly, I like Reese Pieces better than Reese. Uh, that's fair. I mean, I think that's perfectly reasonable. So well, I'll give you a minute yeah. to think, and I will give you my answers. Obviously, the best chocolate is going to be uh, the Reese's peanut butter, uh, the specialty it's just ones. It's a boring that are like, answer, though, because like, I've heard yeah. that on like 95 podcasts. Last but okay, weeks. but here, here we go. But it is the right answer. Now, if you give me a best chocolate non-Reese's category, mm-hmm. I will go with the 100 grand because it is delicious. Uh, I am then, a big 100 grand fan. And then as far as uh, non-chocolate... I would have to go with Skittles. So we talked about Skittles the other week, and, like, Skittles are definitely very good. I don't know if they're satisfying in the tiny little... Because I'm judging this as Halloween candy, so you're only getting yeah, a small sample size. Yeah. I don't know how satisfying... Well, see, here's the thing with Halloween candy. Uh, I took my, my young son, uh, younger than two years old, mm-hmm. uh, trick-or-treating, which basically means the candy is for me. And so he's just out there in a costume uh, like looking at everything is really what what he does so we came back with the bucket full of candy because apparently everyone in my neighborhood just gives out tons of candy and is like take more uh so i came back with this giant bucket of candy and i'm supposed to be running a marathon on saturday so i'm like <laughs> i can only have like one piece of candy a day and it is i have no willpower when it comes to candy so uh it has been a real struggle so i've got a bunch just sitting upstairs, and every time I walk into the kitchen, I see it uh, because I know if I, like you said, it's it's if I open that tiny bag of Skittles, I'm gonna want a second tiny bag of Skittles, and ultimately I'm gonna end up eating a whole bag of Skittles just in four tiny bags. Why don't you have your wife hide them? Because I would then just find it. No, just tell her to treat it like your uh, headphones. Oh yeah, <laughs> that she didn't touch. <laughs> no, I put them right back <laughs> to where they were. Liar. Um, uh, okay, I have my answer. And I don't think it's going to be popped. I'm not sure where this stands. Now that I'm I'm thinking back to all those days, eight-year-old, nine-year-old, the, the little candy that I wanted to see are Smarties. Okay. You know, I don't think that's going to be a really popular answer, but I agree with you. I like Smarties. And it's a good uh, break from the chocolate. Yes. Yeah. The, I would always, I always like to just basically, you don't bite into them. I would just suck on them and then they would like dissolve. Uh, that was, that was my way of eating Smarties. And I, I, I do enjoy them. I don't. I don't super want to ask this question because I'm afraid you're going to sound pompous, but candy corn, I'm assuming you're a no. Oh, I love candy corn. Okay, good. I think I, it's good too. I, there's so much candy corn slander out there and I, I just hate. don't get it. Yeah. I mean, if you don't like it, that's fine. I'm not going to like say you're a moron, but like don't come after a candy. It's fairly popular. Like, it's fine. People talk about candy corn in the tone that you should only use for Nebraska. Exactly. You know what's another one that people come for that I don't fully understand? Uh, circus peanuts. They're fine. They're, are they great? Is that a type of candy? Yeah. The little orange, they're called circus peanuts. They basically look like, they look like little peanuts. They're orange. You'll Google it. Google it right now and you'll see what circus I'm talking about. Can- circus what? Circus peanut, peanuts. Peanuts. Um, but I mean, they're orange. They taste fine. They're not delicious, oh. but they're not like the worst thing I've ever seen. You know what's the oh. worst? The worst candy I mean, candy look wise, they're pretty awesome. Yes. The worst candy What do they Halloween taste like? I, I Dissolving honestly, sugar? Yeah, more or less. Mm. The worst candy to get at Halloween is are those uh, black and orange wrapped, supposedly peanut butter things. Oh, those uh, are that are just nondescript. Those are terrible. Those are a thing. They're uh... yeah, they're the worst. Yeah, they were. Those are always one of the last things. Yeah, exactly. Those are the things that I would just immediately throw in the trash because uh, I know I'm not going to eat them. I think it's supposed to be taffy, but oh man, is it the worst? Saltwater ta- taffy in general. What what are the ones that uh laffy taffy? Laffy taffy. Though, depending on flavor, I, I was yes. a banana person. Oh, see, you know, uh, I actually, 
I went to law school with a girl um, who that the banana Laffy Taffy was her absolute favorite. Um, my wife and I went to her wedding, and I took a bunch of banana Laffy Taffy uh, with us to the wedding, and I gave it to all the people <laughs> who went to who, all the people who went to law school with us. Nice. Um, and and every time somebody saw her, we would just give her a banana Laffy Taffy. Nice. Um, but it was not my favorite. But Laffy Taffy would have also been an acceptable answer for non chocolate. As would have, I also would have accepted Airheads. I I don't like the Airhead. It's too sour and then it's way too sweet. All right. It's, none okay. of it. None of it is a good. Wait. Equi- maybe like. Are, are you thinking of war oh, Warheads? I am thinking of Warheads. Okay. What What are the Airheads? Airheads are basically just another kind of taffy, but they're. Like oh, that's that's what I'm picturing in my less head. Less chewy. Yeah. Raisinets are good. Chocolate covered raisin. I I don't know that I've had a raisinette in years, so I can't. But I like chocolate and I like raisins, so. Uh, It'd be fine, I'm sure. It's fruit, so it's healthy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Covered in chocolate, it's still fruit. So, um, all right. I think we've wasted enough time. Nah. And I think we need to get to Casey's favorite subject. No. Uh, Purdue basketball. Yes. So, for those that aren't aware, Purdue basketball has an exhibition game coming up this very week. And it's going to be on sort of television. Um, it is on Big Ten Network Plus, which you can get for $9.99 for one month. And Purdue will have their their first two games on there, the first exhibition and then the actual game against Bellarmine that is uh, the first real game, and it's on November 9th. So the first game against Indianapolis, it is the only exhibition, um, of course, that we also had the secret scrimmage against Providence that we discussed last week. So November 4th, this Thursday, 7 p.m., University of Indianapolis in West Lafayette at Mackey Arena will be the first game with fans, uh, you know, since... The 2019-2020 season, right? Uh, time yeah. is a flat circle. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, Casey, obviously we're not going to be able to, uh, you know, probably glean a whole lot from this game because it is an exhibition. It is against University of Indianapolis. But what are the things you're hoping to see uh, in this game that would kind of give you an idea maybe of what we can expect this season uh, now that we can actually see players play together? Number one, I want to see what our offense looks like. You know, we've we we obviously run a motion system. It's obviously based off guards that can shoot, moving baseline and circling around. And then the other half of our offense is finding the post. I want to see how much Jaden Ivey changes that. Is he going to run the offense? Are we going to be a lot more high picking? We watched Zach the U19 FIBA tournament destroyed by being fast, hard runner, either catching the ball and drawing fouls or getting offensive rebound. Is that going to be our offense when he's on the when those two are on the floor together? If so, can Ivy cut down the turnovers that we saw? On a sheet of paper against Providence. Yeah, yeah, you, like you hope he doesn't uh, replicate that. It was what eight turnovers and he had nine assists. Yeah, I I think we're in an interesting point at the start of the season where we have a lot of knowns this year. Last few years we've had a lot of young guys, a lot of unknown. We know what Jaden Ivy is, even if you know we'll see how he plays around at the edges of that. But we know what Trey Williams. In, in some factor, we know what Zach Eady is. Uh, we know what Sasha. Is. So the one guy I'm most curious about. What has he done to his game? What has he added is Brandon Newman. Does he have the ability to create a, his own shot more consistent? Is he going to be hunting it off the ball more Is he a little bit more fluid of a player? That's what I'm really looking for this week. Okay. Um, 
You know, for me, I do want to see if Painter tries to throw out the Edie-Williams combination. Um, because, I mean, in an exhibition game, you might as well throw it out there for a couple minutes. If it looks bad, just let him play through it. See what it looks like in a, in a you know, a real quote-unquote game. Just to kind of see how the rest of the team plays around them. And if they can both... Um, hold their own on defense because even though University of Indianapolis isn't going to have you know the horses that you'll see in Big Ten play it's going to be you know if you can't do it against University of Indianapolis and be successful you're probably not going to be able to do it against you know Michigan State Michigan um, even Northwestern you know so I think that's something that would be interesting to see if Painter puts out there Um, and for me obviously I'm looking forward to uh, seeing what kind of shape Ethan Morton is in. Obviously, you guys know if you listen to this podcast, uh, he's somebody who I have high expectations for, and I want to see how he how he looks out there after a full off season of being healthy and and not being straggled by that mono, um, because I do think he can be a good cog for this Purdue team. Um, and I also, of course, I, I want to see the freshmen. I want to see what first. I want to see what Kaufman Wren look like in person. And then, I mean, I, I don't know. If how much Waddell is going to play, obviously it's an exhibition. So if he is going to redshirt, it wouldn't make a difference because it's not a real game. Um, but it, you know, if he gets out there, it would be interesting to see him. But again, he's he's somebody who we do expect to redshirt. But I'd still like to see him out on the court just to kind of see what he does uh, because the only thing I've seen of him is is highlights, and everybody looks good in their highlights. So uh, I'd like to see some real game action out of those three players. You're going deep. Hey, I mean, uh, you know, 10th, I, I got 11, some things I want to see. man off the bench. You, you know, because uh, I, I feel like we have so many, like you said, we have so many players who we know what we're going to get out of them. I mean, Trevion Williams, I, I'm not worried a bit about what he's going to do this season. Um, I'm not really worried about Zach Eady, which is surprising given where he was this time a year yeah. ago. Um, we thought he was redshirting at this time yeah, last year. Yeah, I mean, and he just came out and surprised everybody. So um, Purdue has a lot of players who I think we know what we're going to get. Um, but Brandon Newman is a good one uh, that you mentioned because he, I think, was was sneakily one of the best players um, last year on this team. And I think he can really make a big leap uh, this year. So he's going to be fascinating to watch as well. But uh, I mean, for me, I'm just excited to be able to watch basketball again. Uh, I think I am. Uh, Casey and I talked about this before the podcast started. started. Uh, I am going to spend the the big bucks of 9.99 to try to watch uh, both the game against University of Indianapolis as well as that first game against Bellarmine. I mean, it's only 9.99. You get two Purdue games, so uh, I know the quality on Big Ten Plus isn't always the best, uh, but I'm really looking forward to watching this team. So I think I will uh, splurge and spend that money. You know, uh, I'm a I'm a high powered government attorney at this point in my career, so I can I can <laughs> afford the 9.99. <laughs> I I mean, I definitely think Trey Kaufman Wren is a mystery. He's kind of the one person we haven't seen in some fashion or other. Right, because, I mean, he was invited to the tryouts of the mm-hmm. under-19, but then had that injury and didn't didn't get to compete. So um, unlike first, we haven't really seen or heard anything of him. Yeah, and with Kaufman Wren and his skill set and what I saw in high school tape, I don't know exactly how Painter is going to fit him into the offense. And I'm really curious to see if you treat him just like a guard on the outside. Are they going to try to find mismatches? How does he feel with the ball in his hand right now? He is definitely someone who has the ability to be a three-level scorer at some point in his career. It'll be interesting to see where Painter feels comfortable with him having the ball and attacking. Yeah, when you bring in a couple of incredibly talented freshmen and you mix them in with a team who you know has some old players has a rotation that has been fairly set uh, in the past. It's interesting to see how many minutes they're going to get and 
what position Painter puts them in because these guys are ones who we consider to be flexible and can maybe play more than one position. Um, so it'll be kind of fascinating to see whose minutes they take uh, from the from the team last year. Yeah, and he's definitely a guy that could go anywhere from playing five minutes a game to 25. He's got that kind of talent, but also we don't have obvious holes. And it'll be interesting to see how quickly he can see if first being able to play at the U19 with Ivy, Edie, those guys over there, how much of a big step is that for first? For first, I feel like, you know, with Mason Gillis off the schedule for the first couple games, particularly, there is a giant hole there for him to take. And in my mind, it already makes sense exactly how he plays, exactly where it's going to be. We kind of saw it in U19 playing off a big man in the post, and I think he's going to be really good at it. Yeah, um, you know, uh, you you mentioned Mason Gillis, and I'm sure he'll be on the bench. Obviously, he's suspended for the first four games. Um, he's just probably going to be sitting there in agony watching someone else play uh, his position and know that if that person plays well— he's probably not going to get that starting spot back, uh, at least initially. So it's uh, going to be hard for him, but hopefully you know, he can he can take it and learn from it and uh, work his way back and come back as a better player. So I think that's enough time on an exhibition game. Uh, we're going to take a quick break here, come back, and talk about the upcoming football game against Michigan State this Saturday on ABC. And we are back to talk about the upcoming Purdue football game versus Michigan State. Uh, Michigan State now ranked number five. Uh, we will play them in ross Stadium at 3.30 on ABC. So a uh, pretty, pretty nice spot for the game. We'll likely have the lights on in ross as it will get dark very fast as the game goes on. Gonna get cold. Uh, yeah, gonna get cold. Also, so, why, why are you doing the Spartans dirty in us? They're number three ranked Michigan State. Uh, well, yeah, I guess... You take the highest one. Yeah, it looks better for one. when we. Is it? They're number five. <laughs> I in almost the, said. They're. I know what you did. <laughs> uh, they're number five in the college football playoff. Is that right? I and think then, that is correct. And then three in the AP. Okay. We are so, an AP positive podcast right. here on that's the Hammer right. and Rails Network. So we'll go. We'll go with number three, Michigan State. There we go. Um. So last week, uh, the Nebraska game. I just want to go over the picks. I picked Purdue to lose. I had 28 to 13. How'd I was, that of course, go, Ledman? I was, of course, wrong. Uh, it's amazing. I'm the optimistic one, and I'm wrong when I, you know, I don't know how this is working. So now I sit at four and four. Um, Casey picked a Purdue victory. He picked Purdue 38, Nebraska 27. Oracle uh, so over on, here. Honestly, pretty close. So now he sits at six and two on the season. So Casey is bowl eligible, and I'm fighting for my life at 500. Um, so we got a, I got a lot of work to do if I want to catch up. Um, but Casey, what can you tell me about Michigan state? Maybe, uh, how they look offensively and how they look defensively, uh, compared to some other teams we've seen in the big 10. Well, their, their defense is you want to pass the ball a lot. They are the number one team with the least amount of runs against them. Teams run about 40% of the time and they're pretty good when you do try to run against them. So when it comes to pass plays, they're. They're giving up 64% completions, 6.6 yards a pass. Uh, teams are averaging 49.3 passes a game. Again. Wow, that is a lot of passes. I mean, mm-hmm. we talked last week. I think oh, Aiden O'Connell threw the ball 45 times, and we were pretty shocked. And the two numbers you'd like to see is they are 96th at interceptions percentage. Okay, well, that's bad. And then 70th best at sack percent. And that's out of, what, 121? Uh, Yeah, something right around there. Yeah. So they are... 
They are bad against the pass, which is what our very own Juan Crespo, even Michigan, could throw the ball. <laughs> so in theory, since we're technically Purdue, we should be able to throw the ball. But there's not been much history of the season that our passing game is that dynamic. We threw a lot last week. It worked out pretty well. We didn't get many big plays, but we were at least, you know, completing a high percentage of our passes. So I would imagine yeah. we are going to have a game plan very similar to that. Horvath came back, still, you know, averaged about two yards. I I don't expect us to, well, we shouldn't run the ball against them very often. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, like you said, that's not really in the game plan Purdue has used so far this season due to, you know, banged up uh, running backs and then also an offensive line that really is not the strength of the team. Yeah, pretty much what they usually allow is what we do. We we throw the ball 60% of the time, run 40%. We are terrible. We have... 2.6 2.6 yards of rush on the season. That's 126 in the country. Oh, so it must have been about, about 130 some. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we are very bad. It might be 126. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we, we are one of the most efficient in terms of just completing the ball. You know, as a team, we're completing 70% of our passes. That's pretty insane. And we throw the ball a lot. So hopefully Michigan State doesn't have one of those games where all of a sudden the, the turnover numbers, which aren't usually very predictive, don't swing in their favor. And they all of a sudden, you know, get two or three. Because the thing we really need to know is a bad, bad man by the name of Kenneth Walker the third. Yeah. Yeah. Who I is, am not looking forward to seeing him step off that Michigan State bus. He has in eight game 175 games. 1194 yards 14 touchdowns oh my gosh a long of 94 yards he is averaging 150 yards a game and 6.8 a carry yeah and he's got he's got two games on the season where he ran for over 200 yards uh against northwestern he ran for 264 and against rutgers he ran for 233 and then just last week against michigan he was so very close he ran for 197 um, so this is a bad, bad man. Very bad, very fast, strong, sees pockets well. He is probably by far the best player we've faced this season on offense. Uh, and, and I got bad news. We are oh, no. once again playing a quarterback passing above 60%. Oh, that's not been a good thing Pey- for Purdue. Peyton Thorne, 61.5%, 15 touchdowns, six interceptions. I'll take that six interceptions, uh, but, you know, if you're going to run the ball for 200 yards, that eh. It's gonna be it's gonna be hard for that Purdue defense to stop him. So my my hope is Purdue can do something similar that they did uh, last week against Nebraska. Obviously, I don't think you can compare the Nebraska offense to the Michigan State offense. Uh, but my hope is that the Purdue offense can find a way to stay on the field and sustain drives. I mean, one thing I think we failed to mention last week, and we were talking about the Wisconsin the Nebraska game. Uh, was the time of possession. I mean, Purdue just found a way for their offense to stay on the field. And that gives, you know, that gives the defense a chance to rest. Uh, and more importantly for this Michigan State game, it would take the the ball out of the hands of the Michigan State offense uh, and Walker. So the more time Purdue can be out there um, on offense, you know, the better chance they're going to have of preventing Walker from just running wild on them. So if it's got to be, you know, dink and dunk and get a first down here on, you know, every every three downs, you know, do what you have to do to stay on the field for as long as you can. Give your defense a rest. Make sure they're fresh um, and and keep the ball away from Walker. I mean, that's got to be the plan. Uh, it, It's going to be a little repeat 
of what we said the last few weeks. I, I think it's very clear that the, this is the key to all defenses, but us particularly, we saw this not happen against Wisconsin, and it was our doom. We have to get at the running game on first and second. We have to force them into throwing. We are one of the best third down defenses in the country. We are allowing 33.3% of third downs to be converted, 22% of fourth down. We are good when we force them into having to convert. We've called the right plays. Our our players have made plays. We have to get to that. Against Wisconsin, we weren't just not stopping them on first and second down to get long third downs. They weren't even seeing third. So we have to win those first two downs. Yeah, and to illustrate um, my point I was just making about the time of possession, in the Nebraska game, Purdue held the ball for 38 minutes and 38 seconds compared with 21 minutes and 22 seconds for Nebraska. So, I mean, if you can have that sort of time of possession, it can really prevent a team that has more talent on offense, you know, from from coming after you, you can really shorten the game. Um, fewer offensive possessions for the other team means fewer chances to score. You'd hope. Um, so that is has got to be what Purdue needs to do. And as you said, on defense, those first and second down plays are going to be very important because we got to get them in position where they're you know behind the eight ball on third down, where they can't just depend on you know a two yard run, a three yard run. Um, and and that that is how Purdue is going to be able to maybe find a way to pull yet another upset on this season. Yeah, we need Peyton Thorne to have to make play. Uh, this offensive line for Michigan State, very good run blocking. Not a great not a great para- pass protection unit. Give it up a sack about 6.28%. That's about the exact same as Purdue. So how you feel about our offensive line is how you should feel about their own. Yeah, and I think if you're a Purdue fan, you know how the <laughs> Purdue offensive line is. So, I mean, that should give guys on, on the Purdue defensive line chance to go out there and make plays. And as we've seen uh, these last couple weeks, when the Purdue defensive line goes back there and, and gets a quarterback nervous and makes some plays – our cornerbacks and our safeties can can make plays on the ball, and they've been very impressive in going after the ball these last couple of weeks. So if, if that can continue, it's going to be huge news for this Purdue defense. Yeah, this Michigan State offense, about one out of every 10 times they drop back, it's either a sack or an intercept. We need them to throw the ball, to feel like they have to throw the ball 30-40. That's yeah. not in their nature. That's not what they want to do. They're going to do everything they can to not. We have to do enough to put the bodies we have to play disciplined up front. We have to get off our blocks, and our linebackers have to keep swarming to the ball. We can't we can't give up those 50 to 15 to 20 yard gash. We can't let them get behind the secondary. We have to force them into moving the ball through the air and then make plays as we have been the last few weeks. Cam Allen now has four interceptions on the season. Karloftis is starting to you know show some starting to get some of those stats that he hasn't been able to get because teams have just been double and triple teaming him. We need some plays on the defense, and we need to. The way we're going to do that is by forcing them to play a game they don't want to play. Yeah, yeah. And um, one more thing, when we look at the Michigan State schedule so far, um, in the Big Ten, they've, they've gone to Northwestern and won by 17. Uh, they beat Nebraska at Nebraska, or I'm sorry, at home. Uh, it took them into overtime. It was 23-20. to 20, So um, there's a common opponent right there where uh, Purdue not only scored more points, um, but also, I mean, they Purdue scored more points uh, on Nebraska. Uh, and Michigan State allowed fewer points, so uh, you can take that for what it's worth. Uh, it's but not that worth is, anything. I know, but that's that's the actually you know surprisingly the only common opponent. Um, Michigan State has also gone to Rutgers and won 31-13. They went to IU and won 20 to 15. 
uh, in a what was a very ugly game. And then just the last week, they played at home against Michigan and won 37-33 in what was a very good game, very entertaining game. Um, so Michigan State, I, I think a lot of people didn't really believe in them um, until this most recent win against Michigan. And then at that point, people started to wonder if they were for real. And then, of course, now they're they're hopped up to number three or number five, depending on where you look. So um, Purdue has their work cut out for them uh, if they're going to walk away with a victory here. I think at the start of the season, this probably isn't one that most Purdue fans thought they could chalk up as a victory. But, uh, you know, if, if this truly is going to be a special season for Purdue, this would be uh, one way to to move forward is to knock off another top 10 team. Um, it's not something Jeff Brom has done twice in one season before, um, you know, that I'm remembering, but uh, it it is a great opportunity with hopefully a pretty good crowd, uh, a 3:30 game on ABC at Ross aid stadium. And for a little extra incentive uh, for the boys, uh, I will be in attendance for the first time <laughs> since the Minnesota game in 2019, where uh, Rondale Moore was injured. So uh, oh, if good. Any- yeah, Good. if anything, if anything should happen to Juju David, Be- listen, listen. If anything should happen to David Bell during this game, Ooh. I will not be attending a, another Purdue game in quite a while because it's just, uh, it would just be too horrible for me. I don't. Well, you're describing narrative-wise, though. We're taking on a top five team on ABC at 3:30, who we're still not sure is good despite their record and ranking. So. Yeah, it sounds familiar. It, it worked out for us before. I'll say this: um, if Brom pulls this off. And it, it's going to take a focused offensive game plan like he had against Iowa. This is not a good Michigan State defense. They, they cannot defend the pass at all. So hopefully he has a game plan to attack that. David Bell should have a very nice game again on the national stage. If Brom can pull this one off, you won't hear another negative word out of me. He would have earned his paycheck. Any doubt that has been cast for the last few years, you also won't hear anything because me, my mouth will be full of pancakes or waffles. So I'm going to hold you to that. <laughs> If that does indeed happen and we record the next podcast and you start yapping, I'm going to be like, hey, remember about the Michigan State game? Uh, So I will definitely remind you about that should it come to pass. So uh, I think the time has come, Casey. Uh, We've got to make our predictions. Uh, We've got to lay ourselves on the line. Um, So, again, you are sitting at six and two on the season. Um, So you are much better than me at this point. Uh, I'm a lowly four and four, so I know you went on another podcast uh, today, a Michigan State podcast, and unlike against uh, Wisconsin where you uh, split your choice and picked Wisconsin on the Wisconsin podcast and Purdue on the Purdue podcast. Didn't help me out. (laughs) It sounds to me in our uh, pre-show before we started that you wrote down your – your choice here, and you are sticking with the same prediction. So what do you think is going to happen Saturday? Yeah, I was on the Locked on Spartans podcast. Had a fun little conversation with Matt over there. And I I took Michigan State 28, Purdue 17. I didn't get that So extra. pretty low scoring. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be cold, and I think our defense is good, and I don't particularly trust either offense past the running game for Michigan State. So I, I think it'll be one where they kind of wear us down a little bit same pretty same script that we saw against wisconsin yeah yeah i understand that especially because both of them are are run first offense um i think obviously that maybe michigan state has the better uh better running back so in that wisconsin game it was a purdue loss of course 30 to 13 uh so for me i'm going i'm i'm also pissing pissing wow (laughs) i'm also picking 
uh, Michigan State, uh, but I'm going a lot closer. I'm going 31 to 28. Uh, Michigan State wins. I think they've they've just played a lot of close games. They seem to play similar to their competition. Um, you know, they didn't blow out Indiana. If they're going to play to their competition, how the hell is either team going to get to 30? <laughs> hey, it's a long game. I'm sure Walker, <laughs> Walker will. Oh, this Walker is nine overtimes? Yeah, nine overtimes, just gotcha. like uh, Illinois, Penn State. Um, I mean, you know, they struggled against Nebraska. They struggled against IU. So uh, I think it's possible that they don't put everything together. You know, you wonder if it'll maybe be a bit of a letdown game after they had that huge, huge win against Michigan where they trailed for a lot of the game and spent a lot of emotional and, uh, you know, physical energy to come back and then to have the euphoria of winning. You wonder about that next game being a letdown. But even with all that said, I, I just think Michigan State and their running game is going to be a little too much for the Purdue defense. And I think kind of like you um, I think the defense might wear down at the end um, just from being on the field. And, and ultimately, I think Michigan State's going to walk away with a victory. Yeah, but I, just as long as you don't put your, your bad on anything. I know. Let, let us I lose. Know. Let David Bell still go off for like 150. Uh, we will move on and get Bolo eligible. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. So um, I think that's going to do it for us this week. Um, like I said, I will be at the game. Uh, on Saturday, I will also be running in the Monumental Marathon. Uh, so in Indianapolis that morning. So if anybody sees me running uh, down Indianapolis, just go ahead and Throw give me some a shout. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna be bib number one six eight six. So you if you see that, call them bibs. Yeah, the thing you wear on your on your shirt. It's your bib. It's so grown up. Yeah, it is. Uh, so feel free to yell at me, cheer at me. Uh, hopefully I don't get a calf cramp uh, and I can I can do what I need to do in this is, marathon. Is that so. your number one concern when running a marathon? Oh, absolutely. I've run two marathons before and I've had terrible calf cramps in, in both of them. And it just, I mean, it's horrible. It's a horrible feeling because I stop and stretch, but there's really nothing you can do because it's going to come back. Um, so it, it's, it was awful. Uh, both times I've run, I've had those and it really takes you down a notch. Yeah, that. No, nothing no part of a marathon right yeah uh, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a long day so um really looking forward to hopefully watching uh some some really good purdue football in the evening so let's uh let's win this one for me team uh so <laughs> you know I, i've put in a lot of work to get to this point so hopefully you guys can win this one for me so um that's gonna do it for us make sure to uh, leave us a comment subscribe like leave a review uh for casey and myself thank you all for listening Boiler up and let's go Purdue basketball and Purdue football. Boiler up. Boiler up.